you're listening to Crud Talk, a ministry of Fifty Shades of Grace. Everybody's got a story. I'm guessing like me, you've been hurt before. But what if I told you there was more to this life than being stuck in the hurt and sin of your past? Hey, we all have crud, but it's how we deal with it that makes all the difference. Today's episode is brought to you by a generous sponsor just like you. We thank you for your gift, which allows us to share hope and continue to help people deal with the crud in their lives. So thank you. We really appreciate it. Hello, welcome to Crud Talk. I'm Sonia Bruner. How are you doing? I feel like December kind of kicks off the crazy cray cray time of year, right? It's wonderful. I love all the sparklies. I love all the happenings. I love all the get togethers. It's pretty cool. It also sets off this tremendous stress. Do you think it's because we have high expectations? I kind of think sometimes that's why we freak out a little bit is because it's supposed to be this great time of year, happy, happy, joyful, joyful, and sometimes our expectations are not met. I think that's really the bottom line. But wherever you find yourself, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. God is good, right? He's awesome. So I've been hearing from a lot of people that are stressed. And again, no judgment. I hate when people say, you just got to quit being stressed. Well, that doesn't always help, right? (laughs) So I want to just say to all of you who things seem to be out of control in your life, you know what? There are some things that you and I can control. All right? Number one, how seriously you take life. I've always been a silly person. Laughing is my favorite. With everything I went through, I found that this joy that I have is one of the greatest miracles in my life. It's one of the things that I appreciate most about myself. I know that's weird to say, but it's gotten me through a lot of hard times. There's many things to be serious about, too many. I mean, seriously. I have to remind myself that this world is not my home. I'm just passing through, right? If things have gotten seriously serious in your life, let me remind all of us that this is not all there is. I think about the fact that Jesus had the weight of the world on his shoulders. In the midst of such serious agony, this is the same God who also made the platypus and the porcupine and the pug. (laughs) Talk about a sense of humor. When you hear a baby's laugh, you can't help but laugh too. And those stupid videos where you put a cucumber on the floor next to a cat and they go crazy and they jump around, there's proof that Jesus has a total sense of humor. Why do I say that? He made us. I mean, come on, people are funny. Life can be hard, that's true. But not everything is a major catastrophe. There's also a ton of things that are silly and fun and worth belly laughing about. Don't forget to laugh. Number two, things that we can control. Who we hang out with. Are the people in your life pushing you to be better? Are they negative, mean? Are they users? Are they pushing you towards Jesus? Or are they dragging you away from Jesus? If you're alone a lot, like not what I mean by that is not like invested in other relationships and life is kicking your behind. If you're struggling, 
maybe the one you're hanging out with is the problem. We were never meant to do life alone, period. Choose wisely. There's give and take in all relationships. Make sure that there's a balance. Make sure that the people you hang out with are emotionally healthy, positive, and they push you to be the best person you can be. My closest relationships make me want to be better. They push me towards all things Jesus. Our time is our most valuable commodity. You get to choose who you hang out with. Number three, your effort. We as human beings do what we want to do. That we don't want to do, we don't do. There really are no excuses. We can't blame our effort to do something on someone or something else. We control what we do, the choices that we make. If you want something, work hard for it. No one's going to do it for you. Number four, things we can control. How personally we take things. Every time I think, wow, I handled that way better than I used to, something happens and I'm right back to getting my feelings hurt and getting upset. Most of the time, the reason that we get angry or hurt is because we didn't get treated as importantly as we thought we should have. Let me say that again, because that's good. Somebody needs to hear that. Most of the time when you and I get mad, we get our feelings hurt. It's because we did not get treated as importantly as we thought we should have. I believe that in everything that happens, we should examine what part we played in that event. What part did we play in what happened? And then learn from it so that we grow and don't repeat the mistake or the action. We have crud just like everyone else. And most of the time we overreact to just about everything. Can I get an amen? Come on, let's be honest. We overreact, right? To almost just about everything. We can't take ourselves way too seriously. If you've been hurt, put your big girl or big boy panties on and forgive. Shake the dust off and move on to the living the life that Jesus has planned for you. Number five, things we can control. What we believe. You can believe what the world has to say about what you should want or what you should think or how you should live. You can believe what others say about you You can believe what you think about yourself. You can believe that you are entitled or that everyone owes you something or that everything you want to feel or act upon is okay. As long as you're happy, nothing else matters, right? You can believe that it's all about you. You can believe truth or you can believe lies. Jesus is the truth, the way and the life. Satan is the author of lies. It's your choice. Number six, things we can control, our attitude, our happiness, our joy. You remember from, the, from Remember the Titans, that line that says, attitude reflects leadership. Man, have I been parked there these days. When you are in a leadership role, attitude is everything. And you can't expect people that are under you, following you, to have a better attitude than you have yourself. Come on, man. (laughs) The question for you and I is, if attitude reflects leadership, who is leading us? Who is our leader? If it's God, we're in the greatest hands. If it's someone else, they are human and flawed. If it's ourselves, Lord have mercy, we need lots of help because that ain't going to go well for us. Can I get an amen? 
there's a bunch of controversy about the word happiness. And people have written a ton of things about whether happiness is a feeling or a choice or whether joy is a more spiritual word than happiness. Joy is my favorite word. It's all over my house. Yep, I love the word joy. There's all kinds of verses in scripture where joy and happiness, rejoicing, gladness are all used together. When the young women, oh, excuse me, then the young women will rejoice with dancing while young and old men rejoice together. I will turn their mourning into joy, give them consolation and bring happiness out of the grief. Jeremiah 31, 13. Here's another one. I love this one. For you, O Lord, have made me happy by your work. I will sing for joy because of what you've done. That's Psalm 92, 4. Rejoice in the Lord and be happy, you who are godly. Shout for joy, all you who are morally upright. That's Psalm 32, 11. There's this idea that happiness is futile and that to want it would be selfish and spiritually immature. I'm not here to argue theology, people. I believe that happiness is created by God and okay with God. The Bible says it, so happiness is real, just like hope, joy, anger, and sadness. I'm happy to sit on the floor and play with a bunch of puppies, but I'm definitely unhappy if my dog dies. The truth is, I'd rather be happy than sad, right? It's not wrong to want to be happy. The key is knowing and understanding where the happiness and the joy comes from. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. 1 Corinthians 10.23, that is. Oh, I love that one. Some people make it their life ambition to chase after whatever makes them feel good, even if it's harmful or unhealthy. That's pleasure. That's the emotion. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about understanding that happiness is one out of the many emotions that the Lord has given us. The Bible doesn't tell us to pursue happiness. It says if you pursue anything, let it be Jesus Christ. You're going to find happiness and joy when you pursue Jesus. Listen to this. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. That's Psalm 144, verse 15. This is, <laughs> whoo, this, is, this next one's a good one. Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart for God has already accepted your works. Yes, you read that right. You heard that right. Ecclesiastes 9, verse 7. That means I can go eat my, my Funyuns. Funyuns are bread, right? No, <laughs> are Funyuns real food? Because it seems kind of like styrofoam with a lot of salt, but I love it. If it is, I love it. Number seven, things we can control, our, our priorities. So what's important to you? That's the place to start. I'd like to say that my priorities are, let me just see. Number one, in this order, number one, Jesus. Number two, Rick number three, my boys, and then everything else is after that. The reality is I am a complete failure of epic proportion. Why? Because I allow things to distract me and I get, and that's what gets my affection and, oh, yep, you heard that right. While I was preparing, I meant to write attention. That's what gets my attention. But what I wrote is affection. And when I went to correct that, the Lord spoke to me and said, leave it. I was like, what? What are you talking about? But think about it. What we love 
is where we'll spend our time and our energy and our resources. It's those things that get our affections. So if we're spending all of our time accumulating stuff, earning more to get more stuff, that's a good indication that our affections are for stuff. Think about what you do every day. Where do you spend the most time? What do you spend the most money on? Who or what gets your best effort or your best behavior? In other words, who gets the good parts of you? Hmm. Number eight, things we can control, how open-minded we are. Having no enclosing or confining barrier, accessible on all or nearly all sides, not shut or locked. Ooh, that's good. I love words. Open-minded means you're willing to listen to new ideas or views, non-judgmental non-discriminatory or unprejudiced. We've gotten to the point where we're doing way more talking than we are listening. Christians are the worst when it comes to being open-minded. We are so convinced that we are right that we don't listen when others try to tell us what they believe. If you want the right to share your beliefs with someone and be heard, then you must allow them to share the beliefs and allow them to be heard. Oh my goodness, let me say it again. If you and I want the right to share our beliefs with someone and be heard, then you and I must allow them to share their beliefs and allow them to be heard. Think about it. Jesus knows everything. He is the ultimate authority. Even Jesus listens. Does this mean that you don't stand for your beliefs or personal convictions or take a stand against sin? No. I'm talking about listening with ears like Jesus. Not making it about us, but being willing to really hear what the other person is trying to say or where they're coming from. It's holding fast to the command from Jesus that we're not to judge others. I know I'm already ticking people off, but listen to me. If you tend to have a deep desire to always be right, you know who you are, or to bully your way through conversations till the other person waves the white flag and I'm surrendering, I'm surrendering, I'm surrendering to your view, you do not have an open mind. Listening to someone is a precious gift and hearing them means that you value them. If you've got crud in your life that you haven't dealt with, you might be extra defensive about some things. Be careful that you don't dismiss people. You don't like to be dismissed or ignored either. Don't do it to them. Number nine, things we can control. What we think about. So a man thinketh, he is. Most of us struggle with negative thoughts, y'all. Or thoughts that aren't healthy or helpful to ourselves or anyone else. How important are our thoughts? How important are they? Everyone told me that I was dirty and that nobody loved me. They told me that I was nothing. In my heart, I knew that this wasn't true. I believed I could be more than what they said. I think Jesus gave me that determination to do whatever I could with what I had. Be careful what you allow inside. Guard your heart. Protect your eyes and ears from things that are not from Jesus. What you're listening to, what you're watching, what do you think about the most? Make sure that your thoughts line up with the truth of God's word. If they don't, man, you need to ask Jesus to change your thoughts to match his. 
Take every thought captive. Number 10, things we can control. What we eat. Sweet mother of Abraham Lincoln, ouch. We celebrate every stinking thing with food. We live to eat. It's even harder because you have to eat to live. If you want to feel better, stronger, be healthier, you must invest in yourself and make healthy choices. I'm preaching to myself here. No excuses, Sonia. You control what you put into your mouth. You can control that. Whoo, my toes hurt. I'm stepping on my toes. Number 11, things we can control. What we talk about. Words are so powerful. They can bring life or they can bring death. God didn't think creation into existence. He spoke it. Sit on that for a second. Here's the scariest thing in the Bible. You and I are going to be held accountable for every word that we've said. Mm, Man. Matthew 12, verse 36. I tell you that on the day of judgment, people will have to account for every careless word that they speak. Scariest thing in the Bible, y'all. Every word we're going to be held accountable for. You've probably heard this before. There's lots of versions, but this is the one that I love the most. Before you speak, ask yourself, is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? And I've never heard this one before, but I love it. Does it improve upon the silence? Oh, that's good, right? Does it improve, if what I'm about to say, does it improve upon the silence? We're so quick to speak and fill up that silence. But sometimes the silence is the most beautiful sound in the world. It's the quiet of just being that is one of the most peaceful, beautiful things we get to experience as human beings. Words matter. So let them be life-giving and encouraging. Who doesn't, need, who doesn't need encouragement? You have a choice on the words that you speak. Choose wisely and lovingly the words that will help to edify a person instead of tearing them down. Number 12, things we can control. How kind we are. Kind is always right. If you are a beautiful, drop-dead, gorgeous woman, I think that's awesome. If you're super smart or highly successful, I think that's wonderful. But as beautiful as you are, as smart as you are, I would say be as kind as you are smart, as kind as you are beautiful, as kind as you are successful. Kind is always right. Y'all, it makes a difference, the choices that we make. And when things seem so out of control, there are some things that we can control. And just remember, Use your power for good. You have the choice. There are things that you can control. If you're struggling in this area, give it to Jesus. He'll help you. He always helps. Check out my website, sonyabrunner.com. I've got articles and music and all kinds of things. I'm so thankful for you guys listening. You have a great week. I'm Sonia Bruner, and this is Crud Talk. See you next time.